Welcome to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. We've been doing a series called the Red Letters Series, which are the, the words that Jesus spoke, and they're highlighted in red in some Bibles, perhaps most Bibles, I'm not sure, but we're in John 10 today. We've uh, been targeting the, 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 the phrase, I am, starting with I am, and this is the, the, the phrases that Jesus uses right through the book of John, and today we're going to be looking at I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Well, it was a stormy Saturday night with frequent icy cold rain showers that sort of were coming sideways. It was the very heart of winter, late July. I was about 10 years old and I remember the open fire crackling away. And we kids were allowed to stay up extra late on Saturday nights, like 8.30, shock horror, yeah. <laughs> and we either watched perhaps Bonanza or The Virginian, I'm not sure, but um, we just had the little 20-inch black and white TV. That was the sum total of our technology in our house, and I'm sort of uh, quite glad today that I'm not really relying totally on technology i.e. the screen behind. So um, anyway, we <coughs> we're, we're, we're just about to don our PJs, but I remember my dad togging up with wet weather gear to set off on foot to check a ewe that had lambed earlier several paddocks away and to make sure that her two lambs were getting something to eat, they were getting a feed, especially the little one because there's often a little one and a bigger one when you have twins. And my dad loved sheep. He was a good shepherd. He loved sheep all his life and traded on sheep right till the day he died. And uh, it didn't matter how much or how little we were getting for the end product, for those fat lambs. Farming was about saving life when it mattered. Can the farmers all agree on that? (laughs) We're not just in it for the profit. Surely, it's about life, isn't it? Seeing new life come into the world when you lamb a you, it's just the most incredible miracle of all. You know, um, my dad used to say, in fact, that his saying was, you've just got to get them through the first three weeks of life and they'll look after themselves. I hope you're picking up some similarities to people here because this story is actually loaded with similarities to dealing with people. That early training in caring for sheep actually turned out to be good training for much more than farming sheep. For me, it became a manual for the pastoral care of all kinds of people, both young and old. And I was thinking about our our church whānau here, and I thought, you know, among our church people, we've got trained teachers We have trained counsellors. We've got trained prison wardens, trained cap leaders, trained accountants, trained doctors and nurses, uh, trainee missionaries, trained pastors, workers, youth workers and prison visitors. Together we should have all the combined skills 
maybe, to solve Huntley's problems. <laughs> so why is it so difficult to make a difference and bridge the gap? You know, we've got the, the, the massive vision here to bridge the gap across to the community because we're dealing <clears throat> with two basic truths about people. And we find these two basic truths <clears throat> in the Old Testament, actually. Psalm 100 verse 3 says, We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. That's good news, isn't it? And yet in Isaiah 53 verse 6, it says, All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. So right here in just two verses, we have a massive problem that everyone who knows anything about people will understand. These two truths explain the whole of mankind's dilemma, not just Huntley's. You see, one, on the one hand, we are not our own. We belong to God. We are his property. He made us, and he even provides a place for us. It's called pasture. However, the second truth is that we, like sheep, have all gone astray, each to his own way. So like sheep, we all have a nature that, that is left to our own devices. We just seek to do our own thing. Two problems, one good, one, well, two, two, two facts about people. We belong to God, but we want to seem to want to do our own thing. During the 80s, the early 80s, uh, <clears throat> there seemed to be a lot of droughts, and uh, the lakes went quite low in this area. And each summer, my old worker and I would spend a fair bit of time pulling sheep from the edge of Lake Wahi back onto the the hard land. And uh, <clears throat> they'd venture out too far to get water. Couldn't blame them really because we weren't providing any other source of water, but they'd go out too far and we'd have to spend a fair bit of time pulling these sheep from the edge of the lake. And uh, we could find up to five, five of them perhaps stuck in a, in a day. That was about our biggest day. And we had various rescue techniques and one that involved tying a rope to a horse's tail. Uh, don't, don't judge me because my worker told me it was the strongest part of the horse. I'm not sure. But <laughs> anyway, despite our techniques, it seemed to be that we got them out. Um, <clears throat> so is there a solution out of the miry clay we find ourselves in. You see, whatever trouble you're in today, the Scripture explains that there is a way out. And Scripture explains Scripture. We may have to dig a bit at times to discover answers, but the overall narrative of Scripture from beginning to end is one of hope and not despair. So be encouraged, no matter how deep you are, you're feeling in a relationship issue, or a financial issue, or a work issue. 
Scripture gives hope. God gives us hope. Jesus is our hope. You see, not all problems are as complex and broken as we think. And there are keys to change found in God's Word. And God's solution to our two basic needs of food and protection is actually very simple. This may sound a really simple solution, but the, 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 the solution to our two basic problems is that we all need a shepherd. Whether you've strayed or you've stayed, you need a shepherd. In that moment, and I'm going to use a word that I've just made up, in that moment of straightness, you don't need a judge who says, what a foolish thing you did there. Could you not see that you always reap what you sow? And we don't need an analyst who says, in your darkest moment, if only you'd made a list of pros and cons, you'd have seen that stupid decision was going to fail. You don't need a prophet of doom that says, you're a failure. You're accident prone. Stay off motorbikes. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> you don't need a triumphant enthusiast who says, chin up, stay positive. In that moment, you don't need that guy. You don't need a theorist who says, sorry you're in this mess, but you're not my problem. You need a shepherd. In that moment, you need a shepherd who cares because basically... We all need a saviour. We need a saviour who cares, which is a good description for a shepherd. A saviour who cares. So let's turn to John 10 and read 1 to 15. Let's read what Jesus actually said. Verily, verily, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter... The sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. And, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from him because they don't recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Verily I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. Hallelujah. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. 
I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father, just as I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. See, Jesus is saying two things in this reading. In verses 1 to 6 and verses 11 to 15, he says, I am the good shepherd. He promises to care for and provide for the sheep's needs to the point of laying down his own life. So he offers pastoral care for his own. And there's a two-way relationship developing. He speaks words of encouragement and he offers direction in order to safeguard against deception from thieves and imposters. But he also listens. It's two-way. He wants to hear our voice. And he gives us encouragement and spurs us on and says, you can do it. You're doing well. How many of us need to hear that we're doing okay? We're doing well. We can be real with Jesus. And this is the antidote, antidote sorry, for our human tendency to stray. Just to remind ourselves, Isaiah says, all we like sheep have gone astray. The antidote comes in the form of Jesus having a relationship two-way with us. So that's the first thing Jesus is saying. I'm the shepherd. But then secondly, he says that he is the door or the gate to the sheepfold in verses 7 to 9. And this may sound a bit confusing because we're left wondering, is he the door or is he the shepherd? The answer is yes. He is both and. Jesus sometimes blends his metaphors. Jeremy mentioned last week about how we have metaphors in the Bible all the way through, in fact, that say one thing but mean something else. And Jesus blends two metaphors here to make a spiritual point. In verse 9, um, he's saying that he is the shepherd, sorry, he is saying that he is the shepherd of the sheep who choose to come in through him. And in verse 9, he says, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved because he's rescuing from our old nature that is bent on sinning. So he is the only door through which we can be saved. Amen? Jesus says it again in John fourteen six, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he says it again, Oh, sorry, Peter makes the point before the Pharisees in Acts 4 verse 12. But the love of God or Christ is so great that he doesn't just save us from being lost, broken and scarred, only to leave us there. He sets to minister to our needs as a shepherd cares for his sheep. So he's both saviour and shepherd. We need to be delivered and rescued by Jesus, the door, and then we need to be restored and healed by Jesus, the shepherd. He loves us as we are, 
but he loves us too much to leave us as we are. Are you getting this? Are you okay with that? That he is both the door and the shepherd. He's come to save and to rescue and to restore. So back to my sheep story, just to cap, uh, cap off this sheep story, my old worker Colin, the shepherd, was the door to freedom for the stuck-in-the-mud sheep with his horse and his rope. And my dad, the shepherd, offered healing and hope to vulnerable lambs on a stormy night because of an ongoing commitment for their well-being and growth to maturity. Jesus wants to do both. He wants to save and rescue and haul us back from danger, but he also wants to minister to our deepest needs. Praise God that Jesus offers the same to us. So what did I learn from my shepherding days? See if you can see the link between these lessons and pastoral care of people. Number one, timing is everything. There's just a critical time window for a newborn lamb to receive milk before it's too late. Timing is crucial. Number two, sheep struggle even when you're try trying to help them <laughs> or heal them or protect them from harm. They struggle. You have to simply put up with the struggle to achieve breakthrough. So don't give up and never get rough with the sheep. My dad drummed it into us. Never get rough with the sheep. Number three, sheep will always try to get to where the feed is. If you don't feed them, they'll escape. <laughs> Number four, you just have to steer the leaders and the rest will follow. And number five, finally, sheep need constant checking, attention to detail and understanding for them to reach maturity. I'll repeat those again in a, in a minute or two. You see, Jesus is looking to co-labor with you and me to rescue people spiritually. But he's also looking for those who are prepared to walk alongside others on that long road to healing and restoration. Our heart can be saved in a moment. It's our mind and our... Um, Habits and attitudes that take time. Could that be you? Could that be your, your calling to walk alongside someone for the long haul? To be their friend? To bring healing and restoration to them? Perhaps you've been looking for pastoral care for yourself. And it's actually time to give it to someone else. It's time to give it away. We grow more when we're serving than when we're being served. And maybe you feel like giving up on someone who's pretty hard work. My 
friend Treviaxi said, when you think you've got nothing, look around for something to give away. You say, oh, I could never do that. I've got nothing. Well, when you've got nothing, look around for something you can give away. Yes, some people are hard work, but often the breakthrough comes just after we were going to give up. And, you know, that having nothing and looking for something to give away, that's not just only in the financial, but it's also in the spiritual. We need for you to step up we need more people to pastorally care for people. We've farewelled Brian this week. Who's going to replace him? You know, the Lord's looking for us to step up and be pastors to these people who need to be walked alongside. So I'm just going to quickly race through them again because we've got no screen and some people are taking notes, but... You may have forgotten, but number one was timing. You know, there's a crucial window for people. You only have so long to follow up before it's too late. You know, people struggle even if you're trying to help them, and sometimes they'll even not appreciate the person who's helped them the most. But you have to break through. You need to break through. Never give up. Don't get rough. Sheep and people always go where, they, where they're being fed. You have to steer the leaders. Sometimes we just need to work with a few and it'll ripple out. The rest will follow. And finally, people need to be checked up on. People need attention to the detail of their lives. What's really going down? Ask someone how they are and then pause. Look for what they're not saying. And we need to understand the deeper stuff that's going down before they'll reach any maturity. One of the things we hope to come out of this red letter series is that we fall in love with the real Jesus Again and again. You know, he's awesome, and as we approach Christmas time, we want to exalt him even more as the Savior and Lord everyone needs. Amen? So, this red letter series is to prepare our hearts in a sense for exalting him publicly in the community as people celebrate Christmas. I don't know if you do or not, um, but the fact is that Jesus came as a babe. He shocked the Pharisees, confused many people by coming as a baby. But it's an amazing story, and we know the end because we are past the end. But as we look again at who he said he was in Scripture and all the times he says, I am, I am the bread of life. 
I am the way, the truth and life. I am he. And this week, I am the door and the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. Let's just fall in love with him again and just say, you're awesome, Lord. Let's just say, nothing is too, too much for the King of Kings that we could ever give. If you feel this has touched your heart in some way that you could help walk along someone else, come and see us. The challenge is there. Come and see us. Let's be a church that, that really, really cares. Let's be a church that doesn't gloss over needs. Our prayer every Sunday is, God, meet needs today. May no one leave with a need, a big need un unmet. I know we have little needs, but let's just be a church that has the ears and eyes of the Holy Spirit as we leave here today and as we just mingle and talk. We notice people praying together. Just ring someone through the week. Give them a call. Pray for them over the phone. That's the challenge I leave with you. And if you've never known Jesus, then we'd love to introduce him to you today and to just spend time in prayer with you. Don't go without having met the Savior of the world. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this amazing scripture that you are the good shepherd. You love us to bits. You have saved us, but you want to heal us. You want to work on the stuff that's holding us back today. You want to work on me. You want to talk with us. You want to give us an abundant life. It's the thief that wants to steal that away. And if there's one thing we've gained, Lord, from, from the two funerals this week is that living for you is the best way to live. We have a life worthwhile here and we have eternal life with you. So God, we just thank you for this word. We pray it would really etch into our hearts and we put it into practice. We do something. We be doers of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at Huntley